0: Episode 26, All Will Be Well, Part 1.
1: Hi, this is Dragna Karda, DM for Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Metreon, Kaya as Lilison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Arthur Deer. Catch the horror live every Saturday at 1pm Eastern, 10am Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com c slash You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten, the show where five DMs take on D&D's top Gothic Hara campaign. I am Dragnacarta, as always, your host and DM, and thank you to everyone for continuing to tune in. We actually do have a bit of a return to form this week. How do y'all feel about returning to Vallaki within, what was it, 48 hours after leaving forever?
2: It's been quite a 48 hours. feels like it's almost been, like, what, what three weeks? <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's... I'm enjoying it, like... My party spent four cumulative months in Balaki, like, in-game time. What? So Jesus a, Christ. They, they really nestled in. So, like, it's like coming back to an old friend.
1: I guess it's not as bad as Harrison's 18 sessions in Solanka Pass, though. What? Hold on. He actually did it. Ask him sometime.
3: You terrify me.
1: Uh, well, at least we can uh, be comfortable that today's episode will involve uh, lots of uh, people singing Kumbaya. <laughs> and, you know, happy flowers.
2: Yeah, we're, we're, we're bringing we're, Victor to a fireside chat. We're shopping. What's the worst that can happen?
1: Honestly. Everyone loves a shopping episode. All right. Well, uh, as I prepare the uh, receipts and uh, shopping lists for everyone today, uh, let's dive in and get started with Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten.
4: A striking elven female with an almost ritualized poise, Kiva Ciruli always endeavors to be a level-headed mediator, and a soothing presence in the lives of all she meets. Determined to look ever forward, she relies on controlling day-to-day chaos. Anyone who watches her for long enough, however, can clearly see there's something undeniably feral and unpredictable bubbling under the surface.
2: In the company of these fine strangers, he is just Metrion. but across the Sword Coast He's known as Metreon the Magnificent. He is a tiefling whose body and dress carry the signatures of a nomadic performer, as evidenced by the rougher edges of his costume and his sinewy frame covered in faded tattoos. Though he may not look like a typical magician, rest assured, he cleans up quite handsomely.
0: The well-dressed, well-spoken half-elf who introduced herself as Lillicent has stayed away from the rest of the traveling group during the journey so far. Oh, she's friendly enough if someone strikes up a conversation with her. Charming, even. But left to her own devices, she invariably keeps to herself, and even looks nervous when anyone comes within ten feet of her.
5: Amity, a terrifying deviloid, with a tail that will knock your drink over if she gets too excited. Even worse, some pig follows her around and eats almost as much as she does. Yet, she's generous and easy to befriend, especially if you get her talking about her Book of Fables. Just, if she compares you
3: to a fox, it's hard to tell if that's a compliment. Erthrendir is a high elf man who looks perpetually like he's never quite gotten enough sleep. After his departure from elven society, he found himself out in the wilderness. Working as a ranger in the deep, deep woods. However, this did little to quell his passion for history, and he's found himself on the road to Neverwinter, hoping to track down a book that might hold the answer to a question he's held for a long, long time.
1: And welcome back, everyone. So, last we left off on Curse of Strahd, twice bitten. Making their way to the small, snowy village of Velaki and the Abbey of St. Markovia that perched atop it, our companions found their hopes of a safe escape dashed. Later that same night, after learning of the madness of the local abbot and despairing at any probability of finding escape from Strahd, the vampire himself appeared that night, doing battle with the companions and setting flame, part of the village of Kresk as he attacked with his minions. Fortunately, the companions survived, defying Strahd's efforts to turn them against one another and break their loyalties. As Esmeralda Davenir, a Vastana monster hunter that they had met at the Abbey, joined them, vowing to assist in their efforts to see Strahd destroyed. The following morning, the party journeyed to a pool at the north end of Kresk. Irina Kolyana leading them there at the silent call of a mysterious voice. There, she encountered a spirit or a mirage in the pool beside the shrine of the White Sun. A man who called himself Sergei and called her Tatiana. But before Irina could reach his hand, pulled back by Kiva's grip, a bolt of lightning struck the pool as Strahd's wrath rang through the land. Together, the companions retreated from Kresk and the ruins that they had left behind, aiming to recollect Esmeralda's wagon before making their way toward Vallaki and beyond that, Serpool, Pool, where they believed the Vastana Seer, Madame Ava, could tell more about what lay ahead of them in their fortunes. After speaking with Esmeralda about the secrets and strengths of vampires, the party arrived at an old tower on a causeway island at the center of Lake Baratok. There they encountered Rudolf Van Richten, the famed vampire hunter, and they learned Esmeralda's mentor. After speaking with Van Richten about his goals and time in Barovia and Strahd's unique history, as well as some of the vampire's unique powers and affinity for his lair, Fenrichton bid the companions farewell as they returned to Esmeralda's wagon, reviewed a map of Barovia that Esmeralda had brought and set sail for the dark town of Vallaki to the east. There, however, they found the Western gates deserted, the guards having withdrawn to a crowd to listen to a fiery speaker that condemned Baron Vallakovich and his culpability for the vampiric attack on the church several nights before. Upon venturing to the Blue Water Inn, the companions learned that more Volokhians had died to vampire attacks in recent nights, and that tensions, political and otherwise in the town, had grown to a boiling point. As Erthrandir and Lillison, with Esmeralda's help, decided to venture to the Baron's mansion to warn Victor Volokhievich of the danger his family faced, Kiva led the others on an expedition to obtain a wedding dress for the abbot from Moldavar and Daughters, a dressmaker close by to the Blue Water Inn. And so, Earthrendir and listen as you make your way invisibly through the dark, muddy streets of Valaki, you carefully make your way, uh, avoiding one or two stragglers that pass by through the streets, though given the Darth of anyone out and about this day, it's not overly difficult. Behind you, you can see Esmeralda casually strolling down the street, nonchalantly sticking to the sides of the road and her eyes darting back and forth from beneath the cover of her disguise, keeping an eye out for any trouble or danger that might arise. It's not long, however, before you find where the Valachians have gone, just why the streets are so empty as you see the crossroad behind you to the north fade away around the bend, and you come into view of a location that Erthrendir has visited before the Baron's Manor. The old, neglected mansion looms above its neighbors, the scarred stone structure standing stubbornly at the side of the muddy, gravel-plocked avenue. You can see dark shadows lurking behind the drapes covering its windows, and its plastered stone, aged and groaning, evidently has not grown any better repaired since you've last visited. The streak before it, however, is not empty at all. It's choked with the flesh of dozens of Wallachians, their eyes dark and their voices darker. Occasional insults and epithets leap from the crowd, soon echoed by demands for peace or for safety or for accountability. And fearful, anxious murmurs underlie it all like smoldering embers. Several townsfolk hold rotten vegetables, small stones or slabs of splintered wood. And off to the side, you think you see another brown-robed figure accompanied by more than a half-dozen grim-faced Wallachians, each one bearing an unsheathed scimitar at their belt, the rusted blades glinting wickedly in the gray light. Two guards in Wallachian garb stand beneath the arched opening before the mansion's double entrance doors, their spears held steadfast by their sides. Even so, there's no missing the frequent nervous glances they share, or the palpable tension that you feel simmering everywhere beneath the surface. You come to a stop several dozen yards away from the crowd, beyond the shadow of the manor, as the rising din of the voices fills the air of the street. What do you do?
0: Lillison is going to... Well, first she's going to try to figure out where Earthring Gear is because they're both invisible, and that makes things more difficult.
3: You hear a gentle cough about three feet to your right,
0: Okay, Um, Lillison is going to edge a little bit more that way and um, sort of cup her hands around her mouth so that like, hopefully um, only he can hear it. And uh, she is going to say, Is there another entrance in the back?
3: I don't quite remember. I think so. I think so. Uh, what I know is that whew, doors are locked. Amity blew up the stairwell inside last time, and the boy will probably be upstairs in the attic. Though, so, but yeah, I think I think there's a back door.
0: All right, let's first get away from this crowd. Um, please remind me. Just tell me everything you know. About this boy And his temperament And anything that we can use To get on his good
1: side
3: Right Maybe while we're doing that as you mind casting that spell?
1: Uh, you see Esmeralda a few feet away She uh, startles a bit uh, She seems to have been looking about A foot to your left uh, <laughs> Gives you a nod And um, says in a low voice Right, um, I'll be in the uh, alleyway over there Let me know if you need anything. You watch as she fiddles in her pocket for something, uh, gives a nod to a space slightly to the left of your ear, and begins moving toward the alleyway.
3: Okay. So the kid is, I think, maybe 16 or 17. Hard to tell. Uh, By all evidence, not either just not a good relationship or has been actively abused by his parents. He's very powerful magic-wise and also I, either lacks empathy or doesn't really get that other people are... It, it's e- I can't tell if it's a class issue or if he's just been isolated for so long that he doesn't understand folks, but he told me about accidentally killing two of his two of the family's servants with barely a shudder so I think it's safe to assume that he might be a little off balance if that makes sense
0: I suppose it does and you think that he has no particular love for his parents he would be happy to escape Right. at least leave his father here?
3: It's what he's been trying to do for quite a while now, I think. There's definitely no love lost between him and the dad. I don't know anything about his mother. But yeah, I think if he were given the chance, he'd go. But I don't know how amenable he's going to be to... kind of leaving behind the life he lives to go be a fugitive.
0: Does he seem... To love his magic.
3: Earthrendir takes a long moment to consider this. The rain pattering invisibly off his hood. I think he thinks it's the only thing that can help him. I don't know if he loves it, but he uses it with a willingness and a desperation that I think it's the only thing he thinks he can rely on.
0: Ah, I see. This may make things a little more difficult.
3: That was my thought as well. We're gonna need some way to convince him that he's not invincible.
0: Do you love your magic?
3: No, no, I do not.
0: I'm a little surprised.
3: There's P. There's a quiet little laugh. I... You'd think so, right? Like, I've studied it for this long. But it's... It's a tool. And what I keep finding out is that the tools I have available to me in this toolbox... ...are ones that are either meant to manipulate or to hurt people. They're... My... My mentor, the man who taught me all this... He would cast maybe three spells in a day, and two of those were to light and put out his fire, and the third would be healing. It's... It's hard to love something that's not... that doesn't work for you, and that's not yours. And this isn't mine.
0: You you don't think it's yours?
3: It's not. I'm I, I'm telling it's other people's spell work, other people's stories, and even then I'm bad at it. I like, like I'm you hear bards are supposed to tell stories and sing songs and carry on histories, and what do I do? I weave glyphs that might as well be a wizard's, and... I'm hardly doing any of that, am I? I, Fat lot of good I'm doing.
0: Are you... I suppose... Just because everybody thinks that the sort of stories and songs and inspiring speeches and things closer to what Amity does is what bards are supposed to do, does not mean that that defines the entirety of the expectations of your existence.
3: There's a long moment of silence. very i appreciate that but it's hard not to think that way it's you know i don't know if i have an alternative exactly
0: i don't believe you need an alternative you are capable of doing things that others cannot And in a place where we need all the sorts of tools that we can get, I don't see how that is at all a bad thing. My magic is entirely my own, and that does not prevent it from also being a force for, well, targeted destruction. So... It is what I have. It is what I will work with.
3: I guess I just don't want to work with it anymore. I'm just... I'm tired, Bellison. And I... I guess I wish that if this is what I've got to offer, if this is the tools that I can use to get us out of here, that they were ones that I could use without either cringing or remembering who they used to belong to. That's, that's all, I guess. I'm <laughs> but I'm happy that you've you're using your magic for what you need to that it it, it works.
0: Littleson invisibly narrows her eyes, but because neither of them can see each other, <laughs> this, this doesn't actually accomplish anything. <laughs> um, but after a moment, she says oh, You also mentioned that he used magic to influence a servant's mind.
3: Yep, uh, yeah, he—he yeah. He quite a few castings of it. Actually, I think he's very powerful. So that's um, something we need to be careful of.
0: If he had to use that many castings, then he may have the raw potential, but he's not very good at it, is he?
3: I think that's accurate. Either that or if that was just a remarkably strong-willed person.
0: And he did not attempt to hide this at all?
3: I... No. No, he didn't.
0: Very well. Um, um... dear, I am going to attempt to present myself to him in a way that he will find sympathetic. If you hear me saying things that you would not expect from me, just keep that in mind.
3: Hey, I use the tools in my toolbox and you use yours. And once we get inside, I may be able to help you with that. I've ai uh, I think I've picked up a thing from Amity
0: And what
1: is it?
3: Uh Well I can, why don't I just show you When we get there
1: At this point you uh, Lillis and your eyes drifting Across the street, you see uh, Esmeralda's face poke once more out of the Alleyway in your general direction
0: Alright Shall we go?
5: Yep.
1: Okay. You make your way across the street, uh, Esmeralda backing up into the alley uh, to make room for you. Uh, there are a few old, uh, slightly cracked uh, uh, cr- uh, crates and, you know, an overturned barrel sitting there that seems to have a, a hole chipped to its side and long since strained whatever it might have contained onto the muddy earth. Esmeralda pulls back behind the stack of crates and lowers her voice uh, addressing... The uh, space around which she seems to uh, hear your footsteps. Right. So you wanted me to check out uh, the upstairs, right? The attic. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I took a bit of a glimpse up there. Um, there is a young man up there. Um, I presume he might be the one you're looking for. A bit of a grey streak in his hair. That's the one. Right. Well, he's up there, alright. Uh, seems not to be going anywhere fast. Uh, seems to be studying a book on the table, pacing around a bit. He had some s- s- uh, skeletal cats in this room. A bit interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, he's been necromancing. All right. Well, that makes it a bit more fun. Um, but yes, he doesn't appear to be going anywhere quickly, though so he is uh, occasionally glancing at the window. Seems uh, not all members of the family are at peace with uh, the mob outside their doors.
3: Good. He's got a little bit of social consciousness, at least.
1: Perhaps. So I cannot say how deep it goes, but... Um, well, uh, given the cloud, I presume you're not going to want to uh, go in by the front door, at least.
3: Mm. I think there's a back door. If there is, that's what we're trying.
1: Alright. Well, um, if you want, I can keep watch from uh, this alley over here. Make sure nothing uh, goes wrong. Uh, if anything happens, I can do what I can. Uh, and... Uh, you go in. Thank
0: that you. Is much appreciated. Yes.
1: Of course. Uh, best of luck.
6: Yeah.
3: All right. Let's see if we can get in the back.
0: All right. Uh, do Do you have a rope?
3: <laughs> you bet I do.
0: Good, just in case we need it
3: why would we you know what i am I'm, I'm not asking
1: okay and are you going to make your way around the back you said
0: yes stealthily stealthily
1: <laughs> okay very good um given that you're outdoors and uh, invisible i won't ask for a stealth roll at the moment but i would say that you are able to uh, make your way uh, around the side of the grounds uh hopping over the wooden fence that surrounds the estate once you get clear of the crowd and begin quietly making your way through the misty, uh, green-brown grass that covers the grounds around the structure as you do so. Kiva. I believe, uh, well you were leading your compatriots to the dressmakers?
4: That is correct. Okay.
1: With that, as you exit the Blue Water Inn, uh, leaving Kobal, Plensky, and the Marticups behind alongside Esmeralda's wagon, you and your companions begin making your way down the street. You see that the crowd from earlier has dispersed slightly, though the speaker and... Uh, her compatriots, bearing blades, seem to have retreated a bit from the street side, though. A few other Vlachians seem to be gathering nearby. Perhaps another speech to begin soon. Nonetheless, you guide your companions across the way and a uh, block or so down before you arrive outside of the location that Lillison had pointed out. It's an old run-down storefront. The gilding worn away at the eaves after years, if not decades, of neglect. An old wooden sign hanging by one rusted iron wing uh, ring reads, in faded chiseled font, Moldivar and Daughters. You can see through the uh, faded, slightly dirty glass window, a plain uh, brown dress with a pleated skirt sitting on a wooden stand facing the front window, the fabric itself slightly off center as it faces the street beyond it, the interior of the shop is quite dimly lit that you can see a faint flickering light from a desk through the window. Do you go in?
4: Yeah, Kiva will go right in and and uh, if there's some sort of bell or something that she can do to sort of uh, let them know that she's there, she will do that.
1: Okay. You pass inside uh uh, a faint bell indeed ringing as you make your way through the door, a few of your companions following inside. The store itself is dimly lit and more than a little cramped. You see spools of fabric resting on shelves along the walls as you pass uh, beyond the faded brown dress. You can see a plain wooden table, illuminated by a flickering candle dripping with wax, sitting at the rear of the shop, unattended. A faint, uh, half-done grey, uh, skirt resting on its surface, next to what seems to be a few sewing materials left unattended. Behind the table, a door rests slightly ajar. You can hear low voices from the back.
4: She'll clear her throat uh, once, and then just, uh, if no one immediately comes out, to just say, um, excuse me, uh, I, I was wondering if I could uh, order a dress.
1: The voices pause, and you see the rear door open after a moment. An older, uh, somewhat uh, thin, Volakian woman steps out, uh, hair down past her ears, a simple uh, grayish dress with a simple white uh, seamstress's apron over it. Um, Behind her you see a um, young woman, perhaps no older than uh, her uh, mid to late teens. Um, glancing slightly sullenly out from the rear. The woman uh, gives you a long, staring look and then turns back and murmurs to the uh, uh, girl behind her. You catch the words, Go fetch your daughter. Whatever nonsense she's up to, I want her back here. Understood? The... Young woman nods and begins stepping her way through the uh, shop, though she gives each of you a wide bar- a wide berth as she does so. As the door clangs shut behind you, the uh, seamstress stares at you for a few moments more. Uh, a quick question for Kiva. What is your current disguise, if any?
4: Oh, God. Um, I didn't think she was disguised because she was invisible. Um, so she's just sort of... <laughs> her right now, probably with her cloak up, but um, but yeah, she's just vibing.
1: Alright, uh, so the woman steps forward and catches a glimpse of uh, the bluish tinge of your skin beneath your hood. And as she does, you hear a slight gasp. By the morning, Lord, you're, you're them. You're the, you're the outsiders.
7: Have you, have you come to kill me?
4: Uh, nope. No, no. Uh, she pulls down her hood and, and holds up her hands and, and she just, she... Look, I... 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 Why, why would we hurt you?
1: Everyone's talking about it. It's... They say that... They say that you, you joined with vampires. No, that...
4: absolutely not. Look, we, we were trying to help with the vampires we we didn't want any of this we, d- we didn't even want to be here but that's not look i there's a friend of mine in kresk and she needs a wedding dress and the last time we were here we noticed your shop and i thought that there was no one better to ask is that something you can help me with
1: she swallows uh and kind of her hand shaking kind of reaches toward uh the desk just kind of feeling around where she uh, picks up a a small bit of parchment I, I i suppose um you're you're sure you're not here for anything untoward um it, it's it's difficult to know who to believe
4: i I can promise you um my friend uh, i don't know if Amity came into the shop, did she yeah. Okay, uh, My friend no. here um, can can do something called a, a zone of truth. If if that would make you feel more comfortable, oh, uh, to show I, I it. don't I'm not lying.
1: I, I don't I don't know what that is. I'd, I'd rather you didn't do it in my shop, please.
4: Okay. Okay. Look, I I promise you, I, I don't mean to do anything untoward. I, I'm just here for a dress. Uh, uh, my my wedding dress was was very um, plain. So I'm I'm thinking it's probably going to be something more. Um she looks sort of helplessly at the others. Like does he want something like <laughs> really nice or like what what is he asking for um but What just, are
1: your rates, just... dear?
4: Yes, thank um, you. That's
1: helpful. i if 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 it's a, a wedding gown you're looking for. Um I I reckon I could do one up for you for 50 gold pieces. It's a bit steep, isn't it? Um, well, you we, see, we the materials have I, have to, I have to get... Um, it, it'll take some time.
2: It's a um, some Metron,
1: small
2: project. Metron kind of looks over at Amity, giving her a bit of the look uh, that he gave her back at the... Uh, back at the... Uh, this, what is it? Uh, what was it called again?
5: Uh are you talking about Blinsky? No, you Airsex Stockyard? Yeah, Air the stock stockyard. Yard. Thank
2: you. Yeah, yes. yeah I know that. Um, but less of a, like I'm going to do it and more of a should I do it? Look.
4: Kiva um takes the staff sort of out of her backpack and and like holds out the the gem end and she's like, "Look, I can I can give you this as well as gold. But we we don't have that money. We didn't we didn't come here with anything and and There's obviously not a lot of places for us to make an honest living, so... I, is there anything you can do for us, please?
1: Um, she glances at the gem. Out of curiosity, is this one of the gems that... Uh, Metreon sticky-fingered from the Wizard of Wines?
4: This is... The, I took a staff... Off of a corpse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, that okay. had so a gem.
4: Mi- yeah. yeah. It's a gotcha. spell focus. It was one of the druid's gotcha. spell focuses.
1: Um, gotcha. So, um... The dressmaker looks at the staff for a moment uh, and kind of shakes her head. I'm. Look, dearie, I'm. I'm sorry. I. I've, I've got to. I've got to feed my girls. I, I've got to keep the shop open. Um. I, I mean,
4: okay. can can you make me a a, a non wedding dress that's just very nice? Um. Uh, I, I suppose she looks it at Metren.
2: Still... Metran puts his hand on her shoulder. Give me a moment. Hello, my good lady. Uh, I understand your need for keeping uh, your business afloat, keeping your family fed. However, as you pointed out, we are outsiders and therefore do not have much in the way of coin. So what can we do for this? We want the dress and you want coin.
1: Look, I, I just... I told you I need to feed my girls. Um, Absolutely, I, I, but
2: if if, if you, I need, to,
1: if you, you me... need a gown, but I, I, I have... suppose I know a place where you can get one. But I, I need if, if you're looking to buy something, you know, it costs me gold to buy the materials. Of, of I'm course. I'm sorry. You said
2: you. I'm sorry. You said you know where to get one pre-made. Then.
1: Well, yes, but I, I don't know if uh, she'd be likely to give it to you. Um, if I if I could ask you a question, please. Of course.
2: You're among friends but, here.
1: They say that that you, that, that that's one of you or all of you, uh, were the ones that killed him. I, is it true?
2: Well, uh, that depends. Uh, will the answer affect the pricing? Mm-hmm.
1: I, just, I just want to know if if you're if 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 you're with the speakers. Speakers. Yes. We don't
4: know what they are we, we just been got talking back about here.
1: Him. Look. look uh, all I know is that folk are talking about things that they're planning. What with the Baron and all that, and 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 and, and if you're with them, I, I don't know if you'll be able to get what you're looking for. You you said that
5: someone else had a dress. Who is it?
1: It's. She bites her lip and pauses, and then. Gives you a nervous look. Well, I, I've seen it once. Um, Baroness uh, Lydia, Lydia Petrovna, uh, she, she owns a beautiful white bridal gown. It, uh, you might be able to persuade her to lend it to you, but, oh, it's the things that one's been hearing about things going down at the manor. I don't know if the thing, things are burning look, off. Look, that's the
4: not a good days. idea for us. It's, it's not a good idea for us to do that. So I can give you some of my rations uh, whatever it takes, I can I can help feed your girls if that helps, but but you are our only option here. It's, uh, it's actually, you
2: know what? A moment here, if you don't mind. Uh, Kiva, please, if you will. Amity.
5: Amity nods at Metreon, responding to his earlier glance.
2: If you don't mind us, uh, we
1: uh, a little bit of a uh, quick yeah, discussion. Kiva, we'll,
4: uh, we'll go with him.
1: She kind of shrinks back uh, at your words. Uh, doesn't flee, but you see a bit of a pale shadow across her face.
2: He smiles and flashes a bit of a gold fang. Uh, Oi, they're going there now. Do we want to maybe get them to get that? Two birds, you know, all that?
4: Uh, it's worth a shot, but I don't know how we would communicate with them.
2: Well, Emma, do you I, got wiser, out? out.
4: It, it would be my last, um
5: you know, powerful spell of the day, but I could send him a message.
2: Yeah, well, when we do that...
4: Yeah, I think it's worth a shot, but if it doesn't work, we might have created more of a problem for ourselves than just trying to haggle here.
5: Right, the downside is if it doesn't work, then I am i mean, I'd, I'd have to try to phrase it in such a way that if, you know, Strahd hears it, then it doesn't do too much bad.
4: Well, uh, well all we're doing is asking for a wedding dress, asking for them to find it, uh... I don't think he can extrapolate anything too terrible from that.
2: Yeah, just state the facts. She has a wedding dress in there. Go find it. <sighs> All right. I'll do it. But um, on, uh, I... Let's go say goodbye to the, to the nice young shopkeep first, and you know, let's not burn the bridge completely.
4: Kiva right. goes back at that and, uh, and just says, explains the situation, um, and just says that Uh, They're going to try to talk to the Baroness, but um, to please consider us uh, coming back and and possibly, you know, getting help here.
1: She just nods silently and slowly sets the parchment down on the desk.
2: And now, my dear, uh, I would like to leave you with something, uh, just for your discretion, of course, uh, seeing as how you did not see us here and uh, Metron will take out uh, a gold and slide it over the desk
1: She uh, eyes it with obvious interest She doesn't seem to be going for it but you get the vibe that she's probably going to do it as soon as you walk out of here
2: Hmm. It's a shame He pulls it back, kind of reading her
1: She visibly flinches Well, wince is more than flinching but you get the idea
2: My dear, I'm not certain it was a. It would be a wise decision to out us in such a way, given our own reputation, and uh, well, given how unprotected you are in this store.
1: Matrion I'm, I'm not threatening. Make an intimidation check. Uh, It's an 11. She takes a step back and you hear a half-muffled whimper from the back of her throat.
7: I, I wouldn't, I-, I wouldn't tell nobody.
1: Please, I- I'm just looking to provide for my girls. I-, I wouldn't.
2: Well, here, take this, and, uh, the coin that he's taken taken back from the desk, he kind of flips with his thumb towards her. Take that. Feed your girls, feed your boys, feed whoever. And again, uh... Should we need your patron? Uh, should we need to darken your doorstep again? Uh well there could be more the that, where that came from.
1: This time she gives the gold a single second's worth of a kind of a baleful glance and then snaps it up and tucks it away in a pocket of her apron. She just bobs her head, uh Right. Okay.
2: Thank you. Shall we? Oh.
4: Kiva just looks very embarrassed and leaves.
1: All right. You step outside into the streets of Valaki once more. Um, Is there anything you'd wish to do out here? Uh, Cast the spell.
5: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, Amity, uh, first I'm going to make sure this doesn't ruin the concentration on invisibility okay we're good and Amity is going to go ahead and cast sending the most powerful spell in 5e
1: alright who are you sending it to and what do you send I will send a message to
5: Airthrinder and it will go trouble affording what we want I heard the Baron's wife Lydia owns one find it I could have located nearby how are you I and, and then the message cuts off
7: because that's of <laughs> <laughs> love it what's Anthony's
3: response uh he probably he like stops midway through getting to the baron's back door and kind of like shakes his head like he's trying to get water out of his ear and then he realizes ahem we'll try infiltration's going fine so far Esmeralda helping uh we'll do my best take care Love
1: you. Alright, and as you receive the message, dear, you and yeah? Lillison round the corner of the rear end of the Baron's Manor, facing the backyard and gardens of the estate. Here you can see rows of root vegetables with pale green stalks sitting quietly the muddy misty earth behind the looming manor a simple dirt path cuts across the rear side of the building splitting off into a small trail that connects to an old wooden door a back entrance perhaps beside this door you see sitting a sodden pile of splintered wooden debris an old glass window above it looks out over the grounds through the window you can see a pale barovian man who occasionally glances nervously outside
3: Well, that's not ideal.
6: No.
5: Wait, sorry. Did Eithne respond to the sending? He yeah. did. Yes. Oh, oh, oh okay. Good. Cool, good. Good. Okay.
6: Hmm.
0: Wilson is going to look up. Um, does it look like there are like large windows on upper stories?
1: Uh, from this current vantage point, uh, there are two windows. Um, there's one on the second floor, on the north end of the back wall, and there's one on the third floor, which you presume to lead to the attic. Arthur, do you recognize those windows as presumably leading into the master bedroom on the second floor and the uh, small attic chamber on the third?
3: What you thinking?
0: I am wondering whether it would be better for us to take our chances with this door or to attempt the topmost window with that rope.
3: Well, we'd be climbing right past Vargas' bedroom. So if he's in, uh, he's going to see the rope sail past. Unless we could just get onto the roof from, like, a different angle so he can't see it.
0: Well... I think the rope itself we could place wherever we wish, as long as we are quick about it um, and do not become visible.
3: Worth a shot, I suppose. I'll I'll see if I can get a good grappling hook snag. Hopefully, the noise of the crowd outside will muffle it.
0: Ah, uh, I don't think. And she's going to uh, carefully cast uh, Machand.
1: Alright, the spooky skeleton hand appears before you.
0: Where do you think would be the
3: best anchor? Probably, maybe the chimney. There, You can tie around one of the smokestacks.
0: Alright, let's try that. Um, and Lilith is is going to have her mage take the grappling hook and send it as far upwards as
3: she can.
1: All right. I would say it's, what, 30-foot range?
3: Uh, Mage hand is 30 feet, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Um, I would say that the chimney is around 40 feet up. All right. It is a three-story mansion.
0: Is it possible to cast distant mage hand? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh what's the exact text of distant spell and what's the exact text of mage hand
0: all right exact text of mage hand is um
1: it's got some rules lawyering kids
0: a spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose within range the hand lasts for the duration or until you dismiss it as an action the hand vanishes if it is ever more than 30 feet away from you or if you cast the spell again.
1: Um, yes, uh, sorry, I'm looking at the wording for Distance Spell. When you cast a yeah. spell with a range of 5 for degree, you can spend one source which double the range. Yeah, you can do that here.
0: Okay. <laughs> this is the stupidest cast of <laughs> Distance Spell ever.
3: It's
1: value! Um,
0: yeah, um, the...
3: Although she would become visible. Her invisibility would go out.
0: Yes. Would it?
3: Yes, uh, you cast, cast a, a spell. spell. It's fine, I have a backup plan, but yeah.
0: Okay, um, wait, did I become visible when I cast Mage Hand? Yes. Yes. All right, Lilissa looks down at herself and uh, says, Oh, well, I suppose we'll have to be stealthier about
3: this than I expected. I Um, hear Arithrendir murmur. I'm going to
1: assume for the sake of sympathy that you were standing close to the wall and not in view of the window at this time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Okay.
3: You hear Arithrendir murmur. And then you are invisible again as he casts invisibility at third level to hit both of them.
1: All right, Amity, you feel your spell wink out. On both targets? Okay. Yep. But you know that Airthrindeir knows invisibility, so.
0: Okay. Um, While Airthrindeir is casting that, Lillison is going to very quickly, trying to squeeze this in beforehand, um, cast Distant Mage Hand.
5: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and will mention to her companions that the friends are no longer invisible. I, I hope they're doing okay. It's because they're, like, talking to someone, not because they're, you know, fighting.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's one way to hope for. Um, what are we doing now with the rest of the day?
4: Well, we did say we would check back in with them if uh, a certain amount of time passed before we saw them, so... My only thought is to maybe go back to the inn and have a drink and wait patiently for things to go well.
2: That's a capital idea.
4: She gives Matryon a, a smile and uh, and decides to just head back to the inn.
2: You come on with Emily.
5: Yeah, it, it turns out I do actually have one more sending today, but yeah, I think let's go back to the inn.
2: I can use that later. Fantastic. Uh, Izzy, Arena,
1: if you will. They uh, followed with uh, the rest of you and uh, follow your lead back to the blue water in.
2: And as we're going, I want to look around and see if I see anything extra out of the ordinary.
1: All right, make a perception check for me. That's a big old seven. Nothing especially strange. The street seems, uh, fairly deserted as before, save for the small crowd gathered around the speaker who by now has begun speaking again, delivering a similar, uh, cadence of the same thundering condemnation of the baron that you heard from the other speaker upon entering the town. But other than that, nothing untoward or especially unusual. Okay. Okay. And as you make your way back to the Blue Water Inn, um... And Arthrindir, you watch as Lillison casts her spell, the Mage Hand grasping the grappling hook.
0: All right, Lillison is going to send the grappling hook um, as far up as she can, hopefully this time uh, being able to find some sort of chink in the chimney to wedge it into.
1: Yes, I would say that's uh, certainly doable. Um, Just as a small note as you're doing this, the chimney is... um, around the center of the um, mansion, a little bit to the south side, and the closest window is around 15, 20 feet away from it. Just so you're aware.
3: Okay. We could do some acrobatics, it'll be fun. Okay,
1: so you uh, take around uh, 10, 15 seconds, uh, feeling for a place to get a solid grip with a grappling hook, and then you feel it slide in and lock in. You shake it a few times quietly and feel it stick in place. You feel fairly confident. Um, that it won't be moving again until you okay. release it.
0: Okay. Okay. gives the rope one last little tug, and then um, tries to, you know, scale the side of the building as stealthily as possible.
3: deer taps her on the shoulder. Maybe, ah. maybe let me go first. I, I think I know the. I might be able to swing over and perch myself on the windowsill so I could help you. Um pretty good at this sort of thing
6: oh
0: interesting uh yes go right ahead
3: all right and yeah he will climb the rope and then with surprising dexterity and then when he gets to the top he's going to gently like swing the rope to try and get enough momentum to sort of land himself cat-like on the windowsill of the third level
1: Well, as you're making your way up, I will need you to make a stealth check, please.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, oh, wait, advantage. Uh, 22.
1: All right, where does the advantage come from?
3: Uh, Invisibility.
1: This is not a sight-based check. Then, this still, is 20-
3: based. then still 22. All
1: right. Well, regardless, uh, silent as a cat burglar, you creep your way up uh, to the uh, third floor level of the manor, uh the grappling hook, uh well in hand. You can see that the closest window is a good fifteen feet away from you.
3: Okay. He is going to use the momentum of the rope to swing back and forth a little to try and get himself to be able to land on the third floor window sill.
1: Okay. Um it is not exceptionally um I mean, you can see by the image it's not exceptionally uh, easy Um, this will be an acrobatics check Um, i'm going to need you to make an athletics check or sorry an acrobatics check and a stealth check Uh, acrobatics first please gotcha 19. all right you swing back and forth a few times and then pushing off the side propel yourself around to the window uh just in time to uh, press up against it i will need a stealth check please
3: Going to use that bardic inspiration.
1: All right, by all means. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's an eight. Okay. Um, you make your way toward the window just in time, uh, but fail to avoid it quickly enough. Uh, your leg sticking out quite like too far. As you try to twist out of the way, the side of your head slams against the wooden shutters outside of the window. You hear the wooden slats clattering and trembling. Uh, and you feel your hips slightly sore at the side as your left hand grasps onto the uh, beams where you impacted your right hand still grasping the rope. You're just barely able to cling onto the exterior of the window, but there's not really a ledge as such that you can hold onto, so for now, you're stuck here. Okay. And as you do, Lillison. Yes. You hear, um, rather, you see the... uh, man at the window glance nervously outside again and then a few moments later you hear footsteps approaching the door
6: okay
0: um Lillison is going to duck to one side and she's going to have her mage hand very quickly take the rope and like bring it up as far as possible um just you know trying to tuck it out of sight from the ground floor
1: okay um like I ideally, that that,
0: mm-hmm. like ideally the both the hand and the rope are gonna like hang out by air here for a while
1: gotcha um all right I'd say that's easy enough to do uh pulling the rope away um, and as you do you step away from the door uh, a few moments pass before it opens you see a a uh, uh, a cook wearing a white apron over a black smoth uh, smock, uh, kind of pale uh, sunken skin, very thin frame, peer trembling slightly through a crack in the door. You see a uh, what seems to be a uh, slightly blunt carving knife in his left hand though his fingers are shaking. He slowly peers to the back out around the gardens. then exhales. And slowly closes the door
0: He did not Open the door like nearly Wide enough for anybody to get in through Right?
1: No he did not He just kind of peered Through it
0: Okay Willison's going to take a few moments Just trying to stay as still as possible Even after he closes the door again Before she re-lowers the rope
1: Okay here. Uh, Uh, you are still uh, dangling from the rope with uh, your two left fingers kind of hooked in the slats of the shutter, and they are beginning to ache.
3: Okay. So, could he... So, to be clear, the shutter's on the outside, right? So he could have to, like, open them to get in through this window?
1: I mean, there's, like... um, Yeah, I mean, there's, like, one shutter closed and the other one is kind of dangling halfway. Um...
3: Okay. He's going to try and see if he can wedge the window open enough to get a better grip.
1: The window appears to be closed and locked. Fuck. (sighs) Alright.
3: In that case, he's going to, like, sort of keep the rope anchored where it is with his body very precariously and sort of hissed Lillison, hey, if you're going to climb, now would be the time.
0: Okay. Um, Lillison is going to try to stealthily make her way up.
1: I will say that right now, from what you can see before you do, again, the the rope is not directly below the windowsill, and there's not a ledge for Erthrendur to sit on. He is holding himself in place by the strength of several fingers.
3: Okay, that- never mind. I can probably not support Lillison's weight.
1: Probably not.
3: Okay, he's going to admit defeat and let the window go, and just kind of cling to the rope. Hey, it's locked. I- I don't think we-
1: actually, is the lock on the inside? It does appear to be on the inside, yes.
3: I think this plan's moot. I don't think we can get in anyway. Unless you can open the window from the inside right. without giving up your invisibility.
0: Mm, that is the rub, isn't it?
1: I mean, do you still have your mage hand up? All the way to I,
0: it... I do. I don't think yeah, you, can, like... um... you can,
3: like... But you can't, like, phase through
1: objects. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yes.
3: I think we are going to have to go in another way.
0: Um, do any of the other windows look like they might be within reachable range, even if it's if it's not like the topmost one?
1: As you uh, surveil the space, Erthrindir, uh, you hear footsteps approaching from the other side of the window.
3: Oh. Like on the third floor?
1: From the third floor. Just peering through the shutter, you see the door slowly creak open, and you see a very pale, slightly anxious Victor Volokovitch peer through the door into the chamber.
3: dear is going to keep his voice low but sibilant and hiss. Hey, it's your heraldry tutor.
1: You watch as he immediately starts, uh, startles, uh, glancing toward the window. Uh, he takes a step forward, uh, but holds back for a second, looking at the apparent empty space before him.
3: Invisible and fingers are slipping, so uh, would you mind terribly letting me in? uh, We're here to help.
1: You watch as he kind of glances nervously uh, through the glass. Give me a uh, persuasion check, please.
3: All right. 25.
1: Jesus Christ, you roll every <laughs> high persuasion check with this kid. I'm a bard. Um, <laughs> Victor, uh, moving almost automatically, steps forward and uh, begins working the lock on the old window. You can hear it, it's kind of rusted, so it kind of squeaks and groans as he pushes the small lever open and begins pushing the window. Uh, you feel a bit of warmish, stale air rush out, and you hear his voice. Remember,
7: is that you? You're, you're really there? Yeah,
3: it's me. I've, I've I've brought a friend, too.
1: He just kind of steps back uncertainly.
3: Yeah, she, she's trustworthy. I promise. And I'm here to help.
1: Right. Well.
3: T- tell you what, I'll meet you in your chamber in a minute. I'm going to help her get
1: inside. Fine, just make sure you knock, okay? Yep, of course. I'll come get you. Thank you. He nods about uh, a foot and a half away from the left side of your head and <laughs>
2: the door. Favorite running gag.
3: Okay. Erthrendir will clamber in the window now that it's been opened. And then we'll kind of shake the rope a little, as if to say to Lillison... Come on up
0: okay um lillison seeing that they have not worked out a method of um rope speaking uh it's just... <laughs> oh dang she can't cast message can she because she's no gonna
3: be an... nope. all right no but the she's... window did just ostentatiously open
0: yeah well... she's she's just gonna like wait a couple more seconds see if anything like terrible is gonna happen and then she's gonna start climbing
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would say that, you know, at some point, uh, if Deer climbed through the window, you would see the rope go loose.
0: Yeah, you'd probably okay. see
1: one of the shutters swaying very faintly. With your passive perception, it's pretty easy to make the inference.
0: Okay, yeah. She's going to climb um, as stealthily as possible.
1: Okay. Um, I would say give me an um, acrobatics check if you'd like to try to swing your way over to the window from the chimney.
3: Aerithrindir is going to lean out the window to try and catch her.
1: Alright, do it with advantage, then give me a stealth check with advantage.
0: Alright, here's the acrobatics with advantage.
1: That is an 8. Alright. Alright. Um, your first try doesn't work. Your second doesn't either. The third time you actually kind of like Falling back slam against the side of the chimney and you feel some like brick dust going down the back of your neck. Um, if you'd like you could try again.
0: Yeah. Um gonna you know. Uh she's she almost curses and then catches herself at the last moment and uh just grits her teeth and tries again. That is a twenty.
1: Alright, now give me a stealth check with advantage, please. As the window is open and after- <laughs> Thank you
0: that is a double 23
1: okay with that uh, summoning up your uh, uh, determination and mustering up uh, some of your frustration at the immediate failure you focus all of your energy on making a single graceful leap curving in a parabolic curve around the air beyond the third floor of the attic and perching gracefully on the windowsill
0: okay Um, Lillison is going to take a moment to try to coil up the rope um, as unobtrusively as possible so that somebody from the outside won't easily see it. Um, She's going to leave the grappling hook in the chimney for now, uh, and she's going to slip in.
1: Okay. All right. With that, you step inside into the manor, into the uh, dark, dimly lit space. You can see, now that you're standing here, uh, this dusty 20-foot square room. You can see the high-pitched ceiling 20 feet above and the uh, cobwebs shrouding the wooden rafters. You see uh, very uh, faint shadows flickering from an old lantern sitting on a a table. The candle almost burned down to the last of its wick, and a half-open door leading to a dusty chamber beyond.
3: You hear Erthrindir murmur, hey, uh, two things. One... Mm -hmm. Do not touch that door. Wait for him to come. There's there's a booby. It's booby-trapped. Ah. Yeah, okay. nasty business. Two, I'm gonna cast a spell on both of us if it's okay.
0: What spell is it?
3: Uh, it's Eagle Splendor. It'll help us be as persuasive as we can be.
0: I... Well, I don't object, but you think it will be necessary?
3: I do. All right. Okay. You hear him, the invisibility, drop, and then he murmurs. Once upon a time, there was a queen who needed to get a message out to her people, but her messengers were laughed away, And so the queen enlisted the help of the eagle, whose feathers were so bright and beak was so cruel that all of those who heard him could not help but listen. And he is going to cast Enhance Ability on both of them.
1: Okay. As he reaches the end of the tale, Lillison, you and Aerithundra feel a shiver of energy down your spines, and as you watch, each of you... Starting from just beneath the right eye and going down the cheek toward the chin, uh, you see a rush of unfolding black feathers. Almost like a crow's or a raven's that uh, burst from the skin, uh, folding for a moment over themselves, downward, rustling in a faint distant breeze and then vanishing once more into the flesh. You feel a warmth that in your heart at your tongue and you feel uh, a sense of confidence and strength suffuse your posture
0: Lilleton slowly smiles and says it is very useful to have an eagle like that as a friend
3: dear smiles as well, a bit uncertainly like he's not used to that kind of compliment yeah well then eagle to eagle let's knock him dead and he's going to give her a dive of bardic inspiration and then step forward and knock on the doorframe
1: all right so from your memory uh you make your way through the attic storage out of this first chamber past the old uh forgotten things the white sheets the barrels and trunks and old furnishings uh, pressing through the cobwebs and dust and following victor's familiar footpath lillison you see for the first time the large skull carved into the door at the opposite end from which hangs a sign that reads in all capital letters all is not well erythranduil you lift your hand and rap on the door three times with your knuckles a few moments pass before you hear footsteps uh, making their way across the floor on the other side And the door opens. Uh, Victor peering out and then his shoulders relaxing slightly when he sees you there in the flesh and blood. Good. So it's not actually just ghosts or anything.
7: That's good to know.
3: Very much alive. And I'm glad to see you are as well.
7: Right, well, get in here quickly.
3: Of course.
1: He he leads you inside. You can see the um, dusty lamplit chamber beyond filled with old mismatched furniture, tables strewn with parchment, uh, several of which bear strange diagrams in the bookshelf, uh, upon which you see a collection of bones. You can see two skeletal cats lounging uh, on the bookshelf, uh, a dusty half rug, half pulled back in the corner, beyond which you see the etched sigils of a teleportation circle. Victor makes his way around the uh, central table, perching himself upon a stool, where he uh, very gently pushing a third skeletal cat lounging from it off onto the desk. You watch as he pushes aside a leather-bound book from the table and casts a nervous glance over his shoulder at the drape-covered window before fixing his dark gaze back upon you. Right, well, I would say you owe me answers.
3: Quite a few, and I intend to give them, but first things first. Who
7: the hell are you and what do you want?
3: First things first. This is...
7: No, you break into my family's house
1: twice. (laughs) I just hid you from my father for a second time.
7: You tell me what the hell you're doing and why the hell you're here. I... Fine.
3: He takes a deep breath. My name's Erethrim Ariel. I've been trapped in this land by the vampire Strahd. He's been... Pursuing me and my friends for the sake of his own sick amusement. And what I'm doing here at the moment, what I was doing last time, was trying to help break a good friend of mine who had been kidnapped by Izzik. What I'm doing here now is to try and make sure you stay alive.
1: You see, his eyes narrow slightly at that.
7: And uh, who the hell is she? Lillison
0: has not really spoken. Um, Her posture has changed since the moment the door opened. She is carrying herself with um, an almost like offensive amount of dignity and self-assurance and is lounging against a wall like in an almost impudent way.
3: That is Lillison. She's one of my traveling companions. I thought it would be best to bring her both because she's a lot better at this sort of stealth slash breaking into your house thing than I am, and because
1: I trust her. Right. So, breaking into my house, which is again the thing that you that you're doing right now. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? I'm in danger?
3: You. have seen what's happening
1: outside, of course. A bunch of rabble rousing around the streets. Yes, I've seen what's going on.
3: Then, then you have to know that there's not much time before things boil over.
1: Don't know what you're talking about.
3: <sighs> okay. I've had a great degree of experience with revolutions and with <sighs> Changes in government, especially violent ones, there's there's something coming and soon. It, it's not just rabble. There's people preaching on the street street corners. There's folks making plans. It's there's going to be something attempting to unseat your father from power, and soon.
1: You watch as he kind of winces, and as he does, uh, Lillison, you see under the table, uh, where uh, his uh, left hand is, he appears to be holding, have been holding a wand pointed in, in between the two of you for the past several seconds. Um, but as he jerks back wincing, you watch as he kind of tucks it back in his sleeve. Uh, that That's impossible. Father's wrong about a lot of things, but he said the rabble are going to quiet down. This is, this is just a bit of a flare-up. Look, I... I didn't do anything. There's, there's nothing. There's, you're just, you're just, look, if, if some outsider wants to be scared of shadows jumping off the walls, you know, you're welcome to do that. But... Victor. I don't see why you want to...
0: Victor, what? I, formerly, Lady Lillison of the House Dark Sea, would like to ask you a question. With all of Your magic, which, believe me, I know what it is like to be in your position, but, when the house starts burning down around you, what in your magic will help you with that? When you escape from your burning house, perhaps by yourself, you can perhaps maze the mind of the first one or two people you come across, what of the other 50 between you and Freedom?
1: Make a persuasion check, and I believe you could do this with advantage. Yes. Victor continues to be the single most persuade- persuadable person in the goddamn campaign. Uh, Victor actually kind of like rolls back on his stool almost like he's been punched. He sucks in a breath. By the
7: gods, you you actually believe this, don't you? You actually think they're going to... In here!
0: This is not the first time that I have had to do something like this. I would not have you go through what I had to. And I believe that, well, leaving now, even if it turns out to be an excess of caution, will save you a great many potential steps in the future. You don't need to waste your magic, doing something that can be solved with a little bit of foresight.
1: At this, you hear the uh, crowd from outside uh, grow slightly in volume. Uh, You hear several jeers and uh, shouts reach the window. Victor shudders and draws into himself, barely daring to glance behind him. But uh, I can't leave my... My my my, tele, my my circle is here, uh, all, all of my work is here.
7: Uh, how do we make them go away? How do we make them stop? You don't. We have to. Th- th- you, there are things you can do to make people listen to you. You, you. you you say you know so much. Why can't you do something about it?
3: Victor, Arthur dear, steps closer, like sort of, but still keeping his himself his posh his. Body language, very open, non-threatening. The most powerful barge I knew. A man who could shift planes and bring back the dead. A man of incredible power, who I wish to be like every day. He could not stop this. I know, because... He tried to, not something like it. You can suggest, you can confuse, and in if you want to be absolutely brutal, I'm sure you could throw down a fireball or a cone of cold and disperse that crowd. But it's not like, there's not a set number of enemies you can defeat until everyone will be okay. That's not how it works. The enemies, in this case, ...is the city of Alaki. Unless you can... ...bring everyone in the town... ...to see your point of view... ...then it's not gonna help. You're just going to be... ...killing people and hurting them... ...and putting off the inevitable. I'm sorry. I'm so... Sorry.
1: You can see that by now his hands are shaking slightly and he's not meeting your gazes. But what do I do? All of my work is here. Where would I go?
3: Earth and exchanges a brief glance with Lillison. I, I have a few suggestions if you'd like to hear them.
0: We cannot bring the circle, of course, but some of your work, some of your books, we can take with us. And yes, Earthrendir is correct. There is a very, very defined limit as to how far magic can go in in terms of making a great number of people see your point. It is better and more efficient to save that power to use as revenge.
3: Arthur shoots her a look and then remembers what she said earlier.
1: Victor's uh, gaze uh, shoots back up to yours. Revenge? What do you mean? Is—is is there someone doing this?
0: I suspect there might be.
1: Who? Who do you suspect? Maybe. Maybe we can stop them.
0: By now, I don't think that would be a good idea. You must know that once a movement gets to a certain point, taking out their leader only inflames the rest of their followers further.
1: Make another persuasion check for me.
0: Do I get advantage on this one?
1: Yep, you do. You still have uh, Eagle Splendor. Twenty-eight. Jesus, Jesus Christ. He cringes back. Uh, so, so there's nothing that there's nothing I could do then. But, but, but I still what? don't know where would I go. I. What haven't... you
0: can do is take what matters to you. You didn't want to stay here anyway, did you? You were trying to leave. Take what matters to you the most, and leave with us.
3: Wait. I have another solution. Ah? Uh. Bringing there. We're constantly under threat of vampire. I think I have somewhere a bit safer. There's a man named Casimir, who lives, an elf, who lives at the Vistani encampment it's near Vallaki. It's not too much of a walk. If you can go to him and tell him... you want
1: him, me to live with the Vistani? No! They serve the devil, everyone knows that!
3: No, I do not. There's a group of elves there who know the Vistani, but are not part of them. They are people there. There's a man there, whom you can talk to. From there, either you can stay with him, or... You can work something out to where he lets you stay for long enough until you have another plan. There's options. There's the town of Kresk, might take your, you know, your nobility. They would probably feel obligated to take you. And that is where possibly a little bit of magic used as a lever might help as well. But I'd say for now, your best bet would be. The Dusk Elves, if you tell them that I sent you and that this would be a favor to me, then you'd be safe.
1: He licks his lips, still looking a bit pale and shaky, but, and he casts a a glance somewhat desperately toward the uh, dusty rug in the corner. But, but, but my circle,
7: if I leave it, I'll never get out of here.
0: If you don't leave it you might never get out of this house again.
1: As you say that uh, below you you hear the doors. Uh, You hear a pair of uh, heavy doors opening uh, with a thud from two floors below.
0: Lilison is going to lean in Try to be as charismatic as possible and cast subtle suggestion. Victor, trust us. Come with us. You cannot stay here. We want to keep you safe. You are too important to die here.
1: All right. He's going to make a wisdom saving throw. 19. 19.
0: Dang it. <laughs> okay.
1: You feel the spell begin to take hold for a heartbeat and then it falls apart as Victor shakes his head. No, I, I just, I need some time to think, all right? Some time to, to look over my things. Um, uh, I, I, I I'm, I, I can do what I need to to stay safe, but I, I just need a bit of time. at this okay. point, Airthrondir, uh, you hear from outside the window the... Uh, Familiar voice of uh, Baron Volokovich as you hear the uh, jeering of the crowd slowly begin to quiet.
3: Oh no!
0: Our guess is you have thirty seconds to think, Eithan dear. Shall we go back and uh, secure the rope?
3: Yeah. Wait. You, you go ahead. I'll 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 be I'll be there in a moment.
1: Right. She
0: nods and uh, turns.
1: As you do, uh, what would you like to say to Victor?
3: Vic, Victor, I... Look, I know, all right? I I get it. I had to do what you're about to have to do and it was the worst experience of my life. I do not expect it to be easy. I do not expect it to be happy. It will hurt. But the alternative is there not being a Victor Volakovich anymore. It's It's not something you can outwit. It's not something you can outfox. There's just not going to be anywhere to go. I'm sorry, but please.
1: He closes his eyes and takes a deep breath. And as he does, Kiva, you and the others make your way back to the Blue Water Inn. There you find um, Kobol still watching Esmeralda's wagon. Uh, This time, Danica greeting you at the tap room within. Each of you are able to take your places around the bar and grab a few drinks, begin speaking in low conversation for a few minutes. However, a short time after you return to the inn, uh, Akiva, you're the force to hear footsteps approaching swiftly from outside. And the door opens and stepping through slightly out of breath is Esmeralda
4: what what are you okay
1: what is it love I'm fine I just I I think it might be best if all of you come with me back to the manor things are getting a bit heated down there I I don't know how they'll go out all right all right yeah um
2: can uh can one of you make her invisible and to Kiva? Or do you want to just put your cloak up? You think that's going to be safe? I'll just
4: put my cloak up. I'll, I'll just put my cloak up. Uh, Irina and Ismark, you stay here, okay? Keep an eye on the Marchkovs.
1: They nod. Ismark uh, says, right, we'll do that.
4: Okay. She'll draw her scimitar and uh, put her cloak up and follow us. I guess.
1: All right, you follow Esmeralda through the streets of Alaki. She's now moving at a brisk pace, but as you watch, she actually picks up into something almost resembling a jog. It's not before long before the group of you comes out into the same view of the manor as before, the old slouching stone mansion that towers above the rest of the street. You can see the uh, creaking wooden beams groaning and the crowd uh, clustered outside of the front of it. Though as you do... Um, you see that the front doors of the manor have been opened and the crowd around it has quieted slightly, though you hear tense and anxious murmurings. Esmeralda quietly uh, points a finger up toward the uh, attic. That's where uh, Ascendia and Lillusyn went. Keep an eye at it, all right? If anything goes wrong, we might need to help. Well, all right, yeah, I mean... Um-
4: can Kiva hear like what's going on? Like, yes, you what can are actually see.
1: Um, as you s- step closer and uh, look away from where Esmerald is pointing down to the uh, double doors that open out into the street, you can see they're now hanging open, uh, revealing the view of the familiar um, foyer uh, where you and Isak did battle just a few nights past. You can see the familiar uh, hulking, uh, greasy figure of Baron Volokovich, though from here you can see his eyes look dark and bloodshot, his hair unkempt, his cloak uh, rumpled and slightly worn. There's a slight crazed look to his eyes as he throws his arms up into the air, his booming voice echoing out over the dozens of Volokhians that stand before him.
7: My friends, since the days of Baron Boris Volokovich, my esteemed ancestor, Voloki has been the greatest settlement in Barovia. You and I know that the royal Wolakoviches conquered the Barovian Valley for your benefit. For the Wallachians of ages to come. Now I have kept you safe. I have promoted happiness and good humors. As is my duty, but it is your duty to listen. For I will not abide disobedience or malicious unhappiness. This you know as well you should you hear a slight disturbed murmur go through the crowd you are confused I see this and I am willing to forgive you if you return to your homes and to your work go and the baron shall pardon your insolence today
2: Metron hey. leans in and whispers over to Kiva, "What are you gonna do? Send his dog after him?" Oh wait.
4: Kiva looks around. Are there people other than Metron next to her, like other Um, um
1: Right now, you're standing Andy's a bit thing. away from the crowd. And as to Metron's answer, you actually do see uh, Velakovitch standing by the front of the door. You see, now that you look at the either side of him, you do see his two black mastiffs as well as the three as well as three Volokhian guards lined up behind him.
4: Does the crowd seem at all, uh, persuaded by this speech?
1: It's, I would say, give me an insight check.
4: (laughs) I was saying no whammies in my head, and I got a seven, so.
1: You don't see, you don't manage to glean anything in particular from the, uh, townsfolk's faces, but... You do notice a ruffle of discontent and murmuring through the crowd. You watch as the Baron's, uh, face turns into a dark, dark scowl.
7: So, the ungrateful and insidious forces within my town show their faces. All of you! should be ashamed for the corruption you have wrought on the legacies of your ancestors. Your disobedience, your heresies have empowered the devil straddled in our very walls. What have you to say for yourselves? You hear
1: one member of the crowd begin to jeer in response. Uh, another murmur going up in the townsfolk, almost like a, a current, of flex of tension go through the crowd, releasing for a moment, then tensing again.
7: you in one voice shout up. We've done nothing. Only your mad, corrupt family has done this. You've brought this down on all of us.
1: The Baron's eyes flash toward uh, the speaker.
7: You dare accuse me, the outsiders and the darkness they brought here are responsible for this. And your failure to evict them from our walls. i I did my part. But, but for your failures, for your maliciousness, and the boos and jeers begin to rise to the crowd feeling to drown out his voice. You dare, spies among all of you, spies of the devil's trod. you are enemies of this town. Spies of Ravenloft! The jury rises further and
1: at that you watch as a small object goes flying through the air, smashing against the side of the Baron's robe. He staggers back with horror on his face. You watch a slowly sliding down from the chest of his breastplate. A pale, grayish-purple rotten turnip that slowly slides down the length of the metal, leaving a grayish, disgusting, uh, stream of fluid in its wake. You watch as the Baron's eyes flash, and actually, from this distance, you can imagine the spittle flying from his lips. Who threw that?
7: Who dares? His eyes flash out from amongst the crowd. You will be collected! You will be thrown in the stocks!
4: Can Kiva make her way next to the person that threw it and try to just, like, stand in between?
1: Make a perception check to see who threw it, because it's somewhat difficult to gleam where it came from. Uh, 16. 16. You actually do see the figure, a, uh, young woman, um, quickly tuck her hand in, uh, her cloak and take a step back behind a, a, taller man before her, looking pale and ashen-faced. The Baron's eyes continue to search in vain across the crowd.
4: Yeah, Kiva will make her way over to that woman and and just as as sneakily as possible, just say, "Go, go and and make sure that your family is safe."
1: The woman that you stand next to offers you a frightened glance and immediately begins stepping backward. However, as she does, you watch as the Baron continues to glance over the crowd. I will not abide these dissidents, this rebellion. And then another object was flying through the air and you see him barely duck and dodge as as what seems to be a rotten carrot splats against the uh, side of the open door behind him. The jeering around you continues to rise as the crowd kind of rustles like an unsettled canopy of leaves awaiting a storm for a moment for lightning to strike. The Baron whirls around the uh, crowd. And then he glances back at his guards, shoving his
7: fist toward the crowd. That's it. Arrest all these dissidents. They will be purged. They will be taught the lessons of their crimes.
1: He watches the guards hang back, their faces paled. You can see that, actually, the spears of the holding seem to be trembling very faintly. Upstairs, Erthrandir. Uh you hear the voices outside beginning to rise. You hear the Baron's booming voice. You hear the word traitor echo beyond the glass.
3: What does Victor look like right now?
1: He is kind of shrunken in on himself. You see he's, he's picked up his spell book and is just clutching to his to his chest and looking at the uh, curtain covered window with wide eyes.
3: Please. This is your chance before you have to kill and fight and run forever. I don't want that. You don't deserve that.
1: Make a persuasion check. 20. Victor swallows and then Sully begins to step off of the stool.
3: Right. Let's go. Okay, wait. You have 30 seconds. Grab anything that you would cry to see lost or that you would like to be able to see any kids you have to show any kids you have. Get that now.
1: He immediately begins going through the room, scooping up parchment, shoving them in his pockets. He shoves a spellbook uh, clumsily into his... into. Uh, uh, the side of him and then realizing it's out of the pocket. You watch as he kind of fiddles in the corner looking for a cloak of some kind. Um, he pulls out a, what seems to be like a half finished robe that, um, only goes over the side of part of his body, the rest of it, uh, having been untailored, but you watch as he like, kind of struggling, tries to like s- slide the, uh, tome into a, uh, slight, uh, uh pouch that's been, uh, clumsily sewed onto the interior of the robe.
3: For God's sake. Anything else, I'll grab it. What do you need? Um,
1: um, uh, And he begins directing you to pick up a few items uh, from the shelves and from the sides of the room. Um, And as he does downstairs, uh, Kiva, Amity, and Metreon, um, as the Baron's
7: uh, voice rises, Traitors! All of you, traitors! You'll be arrested, you'll be purged, you'll be, and then you hear a crash of
1: shattering glass as you see a dark object going, hurtling through the air and slamming through the front left window of the first floor of the mansion.
2: Uh, Metrian turns to Amity, uh, seeing now that uh, Akiva's nowhere to be found, as uh, she's kind of moved into the crowd. Can you can you tell them to get out of here? Uh, the, the Metri- uh, sorry. Uh, Randy and uh, Liz, and, uh, can you tell them to hurry up, maybe? But we've got to get in there and, and, and find the dress. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, but could you tell them to do that and then get the fuck out as soon as possible?
6: It...
1: <laughs> as you consider Something this, me they you know. watch as the Baron steps forward, his eyes bulging, the dogs at his sides growling. He immediately ju- juts his finger toward a uh, pale-faced young man who's standing with fists clenched at the front of the crowd. And you think you re- you think you see that that's the place where the rock came from as the baron's voice rings
7: out enough Reaper, brute take him you hear a snarl as the dogs leap forward oh boy. tearing towards he was gonna
4: rip off her hood and yeah Kiva's gonna uh rip off her hood and try to intervene ah!
7: all right i'm gonna need
1: you to make a dexterity check for me
4: That's a dirty 20.
1: All right. Uh, You act first as the dogs spring forward. Uh, You slide nimbly through the crowd, your hand going to uh, the scimitar at your side, if you would wish, and you will just stand right in front of the man.
4: Yeah, um, if this isn't an... She's going to try to attack the dogs.
1: All right. uh, Make an attack roll with the scimitar.
4: Uh, 20 to hit
1: That will certainly hit, roll some damage 8
4: t- slashing damage
1: Alright Um. Do you mean for this to be lethal or non-lethal
4: Uh. I mean, she's not raging So it's going to be non-lethal But trying to get the dogs to not attack this man Or anyone else
1: Alright, the samurai slams through the air, the flat side of the blade smashing against the side of the dog's body and sending it crashing to the ground. The other one comes up short, its eyes wide drooling onto the earth. As the young man behind you sh- shrinks back, the baron's eyes bulge. How dare kill them! Kill, kill them! He juts a hand toward you as the Guards exchange glances, fearful looks. One of them begins to step forward.
4: Don't do this. This is not a fight that you're going to win.
1: The Baron steps back. That, That
7: voice can't be.
4: Let these people go. You've lost. It's over.
1: The Baron glances out around the crowd. You see darkness and rage and impotence raging behind his eyes. And then behind you as the Baron takes a half step back you hear the young man's voice who you defended rise up behind you. He's trying to kill
7: us! He's trying to kill all of us. Take him before he can.
1: You watch as three figures dart forth from the crowd and behind them, several others begin flooding forth in their wake toward the front uh, steps leading toward the door.
5: Are are there people directly guarding the door? Amity wants to run for the door. She wants to get in.
1: Uh, You watch as the Baron's eyes widen and immediately flees into the door as the mob of people surges toward the entryway.
2: Metron looks over at Esmeralda. Uh, wh- wh- what are we doing? We
1: need to get some out of there. Right.
2: Oh, fucking hell.
1: Is there a... Did you see like a back entrance or something? Yes. The Zanis was around the back. I think that's where they went in. Follow me. Quickly.
2: All right. And uh, he'll take, a, take her hand and follow her.
1: All right. Uh, oh. Uh, Kiva and Amity, what are you doing?
5: Amity is getting in because she wants to be at the front of this mob.
1: All right. Yeah, Kiva's uh, going to
4: try to stay abreast of it as well. Um, at least s- try to go after the burgomaster directly.
1: I would say both of you make your choice of uh, uh, strength or dexterity checks. Uh, Kiva with advantage because she's toward the front of the crowd.
4: <laughs> Twenty-two for both. <laughs>
1: Nineteen. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kiva first, at, uh, with the first group of them, uh, you see several uh, Valachians before you uh, push up to the guards, struggling with them as they do their best to keep you behind. You watch as one of them steps into the corridor and struggles to push the door shut up. Akiva, you're there in a second. Uh, if you'd like, you can try to push through.
4: Hell yeah, she's going to go for it.
1: All right, go for it. Uh,
4: is that a strength?
1: Uh, that would be a, a strength check, yes. Or actually, this would be athletics. <laughs>
4: uh, that's a four.
1: Uh, the guard rolled a natural one. So Eight. you stumble <laughs> oh staggering for a moment as someone next to you slams into the side. And then you hear a, um, grunt from the other side as you slam forward with on the door with your misbalanced weight pushing it open and catching yourself cleanly as you whirl through the entrance. You see Amity, uh, three heads behind, uh, following you in as uh, several other Wallachians push into the entryway of the foyer. Uh, upstairs, Erthrindir. Does she have, um, oh, go ahead. Up, Air you're halfway through shoving things into your pack as Victor glances frantically around the room. As you hear a shout go up from the crowd outside, you hear the doors slam open. You hear many footsteps begin to uh, thud on the uh, floor below.
3: Them to your grabs, Victor's hand. All right, out of time. Now.
1: Victor lets out a uh, a startled uh, grunt as you pull him, but he doesn't resist as you yank him away. Uh, Lillison, are you by the back window?
0: I am. Uh, by now, she has recast um, Distant Mage Hand and uh, has gotten the rope already.
1: All right. I mean, if you want, you can just hang it from the windowsill.
0: Uh,. Just- Hmm. How how sturdy does the still look? Uh, I'm somewhat concerned about the grappling hook uh, situation.
1: It's reasonably sturdy. Um, I mean, it's 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 an old building, but it doesn't look structurally unsound.
0: Okay. No distant mage hand. Um, just getting the rope
1: ready. Okay. Um, as you do, um, Kiva, you flood into the room. You s- or the front entryway of the uh, building. From here. Uh, From what you can see, you can see the portraits on the walls um, of the Vlakovich clan. You can see the uh, one door half open uh, leading into what you recall to be the parlor. Um, A long hallway leading down to the right. You can see the place where the first flight of stairs once uh, sat, but now completely empty. Even the jagged, splintered uh, segments of wood having been cleared away and just leaving a gaping vacuum in the place where the flight once was. And toward the end of the hall, frantically trying to open the door leading toward the rear of the mansion, you see Baron volkovich eyes wide, glancing back toward you with fear and impotent rage in his eyes.
4: Can Kiva briefly try to yell something to Amity?
1: Uh, you can.
4: Uh, she's gonna yell, "Find the dress!"
5: Uh, in honey, all of this honey, chaos,
4: it must uh, be easier.
5: I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, great, I'll, I'll awesome. This.
4: All right, Kiva's gonna go after go after the Baron then
1: okay um as you pursue the baron um amity uh you follow up behind kiva uh kiva you watch as the baron vanishes behind a door and begins uh and slams a shut behind him uh your feet thudding past him as you pass your way past uh several doors um you can see um um just faintly as you uh pass beneath the uh through the main foyer you can see a uh, A woman's pale, terrified face glancing over the side for a moment uh, and then vanishing back over the edge as you recognize the maid uh, who greeted you the first night. Um, You continue rushing forward, passing your way through the closed door at the end um, and hauling it open. You can see in here um, uh, a cook wearing a white apron, uh, pushing himself back against the wall of this warm, well-appointed kitchen. You can see... uh, three doors leading out from this chamber, the one you just passed through and two on either side. Um, You can see toward the left-hand side a staircase in one corner climbing to the upper floor, and you see the vanishing glance of the Baron's uh, uh, leather boots uh, vanishing around the corner uh, as he ascends to the higher floor. The staircase
5: is still... um, Like, has it been repaired, or...?
1: uh, This is the rear staircase.
5: Oh, okay, understood. Uh,
1: As you look around, you can also see now um, the door to the back is closed um, but you can hear jeering voices from the other side and you can uh, uh, see through one of the windows a, cra- a crowd a flood of people beginning to turn around the rear side of the manor blocking the exit from the, the kitchen uh, door oh fuck It'll Uh will uh you pu- haul Victor uh, through the attic uh as he kind of dully lets himself be pulled by your uh, by your um, arm as you haul him between the crowded passageway through the dingy and dusty space uh, you find Lillison waiting in the room on the other side the grappling hook secured to the windowsill though through the window you can see a flood of people beginning to pool around the uh, southern side of the backyard gardens several beginning to hammer against the back door that that you uh, saw the cook peer through the first time Victor invisible now Victor um, nods briefly
3: you we we can you I think
1: um, they don't care about he us Nods uh, speaks a few rapid fire words while uh, twisting his fingers uh, in arcane shapes and vanishes from sight
3: Pete looks at Lilson what's the plan
1: good question. Okay. As you say this, you hear the sh- another shattering of glass from below. Amity, as you pass into the mansion, uh, you begin looking around from the foyer. Which way are you headed? You know the uh, parlor is to your left, but you've not been in here otherwise.
5: Uh, so I figure if it's a dress, it's going to be in a closet or like a bedroom. So Amity wants to go up. Uh, just try to like clamber up the um,
1: shattered remains of the staircase. Uh, there are no shattered remains; they've been cleared out entirely. There's would it be just possible to like jump vertical and, height? Would it be possible like jump
5: and catch myself in the ledge and uh, pull myself up?
1: Um, that would be a high jump. Um, what is your strength modifier?
5: Oh boy, uh, my strength modifier is
1: a plus two. Okay, um, you can jump five feet according to that. So uh, she's
3: six feet tall. So
1: I would I can, say you can, can do that. Just give me an athletics check with advantage. Yeah, I'm going to give you an athletics check with advantage. Ooh. Yes, because it is it is a bit unsteady and a bit jagged. Oh, only a twenty-seven. <laughs> oh. All right. You leap up and hold on to the edge, um, catching two of the splintered jagged ends of wood. Um and slowly begin, you know, struggling to haul yourself up and then swing your body up over the side.
5: Right. So I'm gonna run up the stairs and basically do a depth first search for closets, for like bedrooms with, you know, those like chests in them, uh, or or like any any maid's panicking who might be able to tell me something
1: okay give me um one moment please as i believe we might need a map for this
3: yeah probably (laughs) it's possible um
5: though i hope that by clambering up the, the staircase i've put myself ahead of the mob and we'll be able to like search the places but yeah let's let's map ourselves
2: up
7: okay
1: Let me just finish placing everyone down. Kiva next. Metron outside with Esmeralda.
3: Yeah. Please give us vision as well. I've got vision. I do
1: not. Uh, yes. Uh, Arthur and Nilsson, you're at the top. Kiva, you're at the bottom with uh, Metron. And Amity, you are in the middle.
5: Okay. I cannot yet see myself. I'm
1: looking around. You should be able to see now. Okay. So, uh, Amity, as you clamber, um, uh, leaping up to the surface and scramble over uh, onto the first landing, uh, you notice two things. First, you see a uh, pale uh, uh, woman eyeing you with horror and fear, shrinking back against the uh, far wall on the southern side of this upstairs gallery. And second, you... Here, another shattering of glass from the uh, southern door of the parlor.
5: Uh, Got it. I'm just reloading. Um, So, so, yeah, I I heard like a a scream, like from someone across the hallway.
1: Um, Yes, glancing across, you see uh, the uh, Baron's maid, who you recognize, uh, pressed against the southern wall, looking absolutely terrified.
6: We'll
5: get you out of here safely. Just, we need to find the wedding dress. Do you know where the the baron's wife's wedding dress is?
7: Please don't hurt me.
5: We won't. I'll get you out of here safely if you just tell me where it is.
1: Uh, make a persuasion check with disadvantage.
5: Interesting. One second.
1: Only an eight. Eight. Uh, she gives you a terrified look, and then bolts off around the corner, out of sight. <sighs> Damn it! All right, curses. Uh, yeah, I'll just keep uh, you know running, running up. All right. Um, as you do, making your way across the uh, gallery, you begin to uh, smell the faint scent of smoke. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) I'll keep going. Okay. Uh, As you make your way around the corner, um, you see uh, a a figure thundering up the steps on the opposite side. You see Baron Volokovich, breath heaving, uh, mount to the top of the stairs. His eyes meet yours, and he lets out a yelp of shock and horror, and then bolts off to the left.
5: Cool. Um, do I hear
1: Kiva coming up behind him? Uh, you do hear more footsteps coming from below, yes. Kiva, are you following the Baron up the stairs? Yes. All right. Um, Amity, you hear footsteps coming up as well, and as the Baron rounds out of sight, uh, you hear a door slam shut and a few moments later, Kiva mounts the top of the stairs. All right, Amity points. He went that
5: way, down the hallway. He slammed a door.
4: All right, Kiva will follow uh, where Amity pointed and, and just give Amity her a sort see. of look that's like good luck.
5: <laughs> Amity nods and takes the
1: other path. Okay. Um, as she does, uh, Erthrindir and Lillison. Actually, first off, what's Metreon doing? You see a mob of Wallachians now gathered up around the back door. Um, You see it tremble and shudder, and then someone slams against it, and it cracks open with a splinter hanging half off in its hinges as the crowd begins to flood inside. Do we see the ropes that Lillison is uh, uh, dangling out of the window? You do not, but uh, Lillison, you spot uh, Metreon and Esmeralda down in the gardens below.
0: Okay. Um... Lillison is going to glance back over at Erthrindir and say, Well, Metreon's here, which means everything is going splendidly. Um, And she's going to toss the rope out of the window and um, say over her shoulder, I think the best way to get through this crowd is to pretend like we belong there all along. And just like swings right out the window.
1: All right. and he watches Zulusin begins sliding her way down the rope.
3: Aerithrindir keeps his hand in Victor's. Stay close to me.
7: Yes, I'll do that.
3: Okay, and remember, whatever you do, no offensive magic. You do that, everyone's dead. Especially you.
1: He doesn't say anything, but uh, he just kind of squeezes your hand so tight that you feel that your knuckles are going to pop.
3: Alright, Aerithrindir is going to clamber out onto the rope is going to clamber out onto the rope and kind of do his best to look like a gallant a gallant revolutionary and not a scared-as-shit bard
1: and he's okay uh metron you see uh lillison descending the rope um, and as you look up you see air swinging out of the window and begin making his way down as well as lillison touches down
2: Oh, it's a a success everywhere. Um, uh, uh, Metron kind of like uh, flips his head around a bit, looking at Esmeralda, looking at them, looking at you said that there's a crowd also forming at the
1: the back of the house, right? Oh, yes. Half the crowd is now trying to shove itself inside into the kitchen. You hear jeers and shouts and cries for, uh, uh, well, uh, revolution, for justice. Yeah. Piece. And does it look like they're distracted by that?
2: Like they're just kind of focused uh, on that. They don't seem to you see. You see
1: one or two people glance toward you, but they don't seem to pay any notice at the moment. They seem to have bigger fish to fry. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: Metron will uh, kind of uh, motion towards the rope. Uh, let's make sure they get out. And uh, he'll rush down to the rope and kind of like just brace himself for, um, for them to uh, come down the rope or if anything else happens.
1: Okay. Um, all right. With that, uh, Kiva, as you mount the upper floor, uh, you see Amity duck down one of the uh, side corridors, and you see the Baron's shape vanishing out of sight to the left. As you hear a door slam, where are you headed?
4: She's going after uh, the Baron, baby. Let's do this. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do it. All right. You uh, thunder your way uh, down the space. You see here uh, a ten-foot-wide gallery that stretches almost the length of the mansion, with breathtaking paintings of landscapes lining the walls. You see one separate narrow hallway leading away from the gallery to the north from whence you heard the Baron's footsteps. As you uh, step forward, uh, glancing about, you see a door to the left and, uh, sorry, you see two doors to the left and a door all the way at the end of the corridor.
4: Can she, like, listen, see uh, which one, or look to see which one he might have gone into?
1: Make a perception check.
4: So sorry, my sheet is acting up. Give me one second. Uh, 19.
1: Uh, You hear a uh, scattered bit of footsteps, as well as a low, harsh voice coming from the second door to the left.
4: Then that's the door she picks.
1: All right, it is closed. And as you try to open it, you feel a force resisting you.
4: She is going to to rage, and she's going to try to push her way through.
1: All right, make an athletics check.
4: 19
1: okay summoning up your strength you slam against the door single time you hear a startled gasp and the weight of a body falling away as you slam the door inward beyond you see uh enter into a room that smells of powder and fine perfume a vanity with a mirror stands against one wall next to a faceless wooden mannequin wearing a white bridal gown Mounted on another wall, you see a full-length mirror with a gilded frame, and a door in one quarter leads to a garter robe, another door beside it closed. You see, at the back of the room, pressed against the wall, her eyes wide and her entire body shaking, a tall, thin woman, her long black hair streaked with gray. You can see she wears a dress of deep crimson fabric who skirts her in ash gray below her waist. She eyes you with the absolute fear of a prey that's seen a predator wolf or hawk, and 10 feet in front of her, uh, greasy hair following, falling in clumps over his face, uh, sweat drenching his forehead and chest. Uh, Baron Volokovich, his eyes dark and wide, panting, uh, as he struggles to recover from the recoil of the forced door.
4: Yeah, so she just comes in there like an avenging angel, just, like, scimitar in hand. Now she's raging, so it's all sort of, uh, powerful energy. She is going to look at the wedding dress, and uh, hmm. what to do first? She's gonna deal with the Burgomaster first. So she's going to get right up into his face and say, uh, you've hurt these people for decades. You are no better than Strahd. No better than the monster that you're trying to protect yourself from. I really, really want to do this myself, but I think I'll leave you to the people that you've been a tyrant over for this long. She's going to kick him down and then uh, go about taking that wedding dress.
1: Okay, first make uh, an athletics check um, to try to shove him prone. <laughs>
4: <With advantage, laughs> oh no, how the you're mighty fall. Really?
3: Well, wait, you haven't made an attack roll. You're pro- well, this is an attack roll. Kind of. Wait, no, this yeah, is a Yeah, it's a
1: special. I... Well, regardless, he outrolls you with a 16. He ducks aside, pressing himself against the northern door as you hear a shriek from the woman at the back. Please, don't, don't kill me. Uh, uh, please.
4: I have no quarrel with you, ma'am. I do need that
1: dress. But they're coming. They're going. I don't know what they're going to do
4: then you need to run and leave your husband for them.
1: You hear uh, voices uh, coming from the stairs. You hear one shout, I think he went this way! You hear footsteps coming up the uh, rear stairs and you see a uh, figure beginning to emerge from the uh, southern corridor. The yeah, she's woman... taking
4: that dress and like trying to get it in her bag as quick as possible.
1: All right. Um... With that, as you do that, Amity, what are you doing?
4: Okay,
5: um, Kiva didn't like yell that she found the dress or anything, right?
1: She has not uh, yet, no.
5: Okay, well, Amity flings this door to the left open. Uh, it's All just right. like a little library, right?
1: Uh, yes, as you slam the door open, uh, looking out, you see just floor-to-ceiling shelves lining every wall of a windowless room. There's an astonishing number of books there and a brass oil lamp sitting atop a large desk. Um, okay. There doesn't seem to be a wedding dress immediately here, though.
5: Yeah, nothing in here. Uh, how about the door to the right? I guess I can... Is that open? I can see through it.
1: It appears to be unlocked and slightly ajar, and as you peer through, you recognize uh, uh, Ezek's chamber.
5: Oh yeah, the dress is not going to be an Ezek's room. It's not Ezek's dress.
1: We really
3: hope it's not an Ezek's room.
5: Alright,
1: <laughs> as your as your footsteps uh, thud up the um, space, uh, you glance into the next room, um, and you see a handsomely appointed room containing a canopied bed, a low bookshelf, and a full-length mirror. Um, you said, into the north wall, an arched window of leaded glass, but nothing unusual, no sign of address, just a simple bedroom.
5: Understood. Yeah, a quick look around, like no cupboards, no earth that could be used to store one. Nothing under the bed, and then, uh, up to the topmost room, uh, which appears to be locked.
1: Uh, yes, as you try the door, um, you, you hear it, uh, shaking the lock, and you hear a voice, a man's voice say,
7: Please, is there someone there? You have to help me. Who who are you? Udo, Udo Lukovic, please. If you're not with the Baron, you have to get me out of here. Do you know where the dress
5: is? Emily's going to try to, uh, like, ram the door down with her tail? Uh, (laughs) Make a uh, strength check. I'm always making strength checks. (laughs) Uh, Seven.
1: Seven. You slam ineffectually against the door, um, and it shudders in its frame and fails to move. I don't know about any dress but, but please, if, if the barons aren't looking you have to help me get back to my family
5: Alright, well Amity's going to shout to Kiva Um, how, How's it going? Kiva, update Um, I haven't found it yet and uh, Amity's going to cast guidance on herself just for that next door slam
4: If Kiva okay. thought she would yell back uh she has the dress, and
1: Okay, Amity, you hear that echoing back.
0: Oh my gosh.
5: All right. um, Yeah, Amity's going to give one more try at slamming the door down with guns. Okay.
1: Total of 17. Unfortunately, not quite high enough. It shutters and it's frame, but, um, it doesn't seem to budge. You hear a despairing moan from the man on the other side. All right. Um, she's
5: going to yell into the room, stand back as far back as you can. And Amity's going to run down the hall back towards Kiva, but on her way out, she's going to turn back and launch that the image of the, the big bowed wolf, like going forward and just blowing a hole through the door.
1: All right, it's a ten foot radius, right? Uh, it is. So if he's
5: in the five foot square immediately behind the door, there might be problems. Okay. Um, but this is centered on like the opposite wall uh, from the door, if that makes sense.
1: Makes sense. Uh, roll some damage for me.
5: Okay, I don't remember the layout, <laughs> so I don't remember whether he gets uh, caught in this. But let's. I mean, just hopefully, wait. he'd
1: have cover from
5: you know the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sixteen thunder damage.
1: Okay, sixteen thunder damage. That'll do it. As a blast of thunderous force explodes from the wolf silhouette, slamming the door into splinters, um, as this ringing noise echoes and tears through the space, um, you hear a low moaning, slightly disoriented but nonetheless uh, seemingly alive from the other side of the blown-down door.
7: All right, just get out. I, I can't have you anymore. Please. My hands! They're locked in!
5: God damn it. curses. Kiva! Do you need help? How's it going?
1: As you uh, I'm good, Miss, I'm good. Uh, Kiva, I... You turn and you see two Valachians behind you. Uh, one a uh, gaunt on man with dark eyes, one uh, slightly squatter. He just. His, his
7: eyes crazed. There he is! The fucking Baron! Take him!
4: She'll step aside and, and let him let him have him.
1: All right. Uh, he dives in. The Baron screams in terror as the other one steps inside. Um, the uh, gaunt man going for the Baron, while the squat one glances and then goes for the Baroness, who shrieks and shies toward the back of the room.
4: Kiva
1: just leaves without a second thought. All right. Um, Kiva, as you as you step outside, you see Amity now. Uh, Exiting uh, onto the same gallery. Um, As you do, however, the smell of smoke is even more pungent. At Amity, as you glance toward the side of the uh, eastern portion of the manor, you see flames beginning to lick around the edges of the chamber, burning up through the floorboards.
5: Wonderful. Um... Question, did the shatter only blow the door open or did it also blow the stone wall to the north open?
1: Um, it impacted the stone wall very heavily, but doesn't seem to have done enough damage to actually blow it open. Okay. Given that there's a there, there's sort of a mob on their way or is it just a fire on its way? Uh, there is a fire uh, to the east and there appears to be more members of a mob to the west. All right. Amity's going to point some members to the mob
5: north and say, there's a, a victim, a prisoner of the Baron. Some of you if you can save him. Uh,
1: you point this toward the mob and you hear the shout saying we got him! We got the Baron and this fucking bitch! Um, and the mob spills toward that direction. The one man glances in your direction uh, before shaking his head and uh, going the other way.
5: Alright. Kiva, you got the dress. Everything's good. I'm I'm gonna take a detour, just see if I can free a prisoner. I'll be fine.
4: Amity, no, this isn't our, no, this isn't our job. We have what we need, we need to go. Sometimes it's okay to run, and now is one of those times.
5: <laughs> I'm not actually that scared of the fire. If, if you think there's something worse coming, then I'm with you.
4: Look, these people are going to kill everyone in this house that even looks like they might be siding with the Baron. I think we need to get clear away from here and make sure nothing happens to this dress.
5: Emily but I'm not going go with swords, Kiva. I, You think they're going to kill us? I mean, we, we're clearly against them. But okay, let's... Here, let's get out.
4: Yeah, she'll wait for Emily to go ahead in front and, and make sure that she follows her out, because... You know, if she, if Amity gives any inclination of staying, Kiva staying as well.
5: Wow, how heroic! Um, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, the, there's a big mob coming up the staircase. Uh, wh- is it actually possible to get down the stairs, or is it just the situation where people are, like, you know, clogging?
1: There's a faint moment where it's empty. You, you see another uh, three or four Volquians come up the stairs. Uh, you see the Baron dodge into a, a northern room. Um, only to be caught by others who seize him violently by the shoulders as he struggles to escape um, for a moment if you'd like to go down the stairs you think the way is open uh, you see the baron's maid pressed against the wall for yeah. a second giving you a nervous look and then storming down the stairs herself
6: That's uh, but as she does killer. however she gives, right you a, she,
1: gives, she gives you a look um, and whispers her eyes wide and fearful the baron has the key his key and then she vanishes down the stairs All right,
5: Amity will relay this information to the mob. Um, like you know, th- this a prisoner of the band, an, an, an unjust victim. Take the key. Um, but I mean, if, if if Kiva of all people is urging her to take the easy way out, then yeah, she's she'll she, she's going down.
1: All right, I will say, make a persuasion check. Uh, for me to the mob.
5: Yes, from you to the
1: mob.
3: Persuasion to the mob. Sorry.
5: Oops, that was perception. Uh, (laughs) It's an 11.
1: All right. Um, You think you see someone here at one head perks toward you. Um, You can't tell if they're immediately going to act on it, but it seems the information was received.
5: I'll assume that Udo will be fine at the end of the campaign and go down the stairs.
1: All right. Uh, Akiva, you and Amity make your way down the stairs. You can see the... uh, Kitchen below, uh, Metron, uh, Erthrandur and Lillison, you see, uh, the family's cook, uh, slam his way uh, out through the door and dive in between the garden. Uh, Rose glancing fearfully at the mob, who thankfully seemed to have no eyes for him. Uh, Kiva and Amity, you're able to make your way downstairs into the kitchen. Uh, you can smell the burning of smoke, the, hear the crackling of flames from the manor behind you.
4: Yeah, can they get out following the same way that the cook did?
1: Uh, you can yes the door is hanging half open and as you rush outside to the uh, chill Valachian air uh, you see small swirls of mist uh, several members of the uh, Valachian mob still swirling around the outside of the estate looking up at the building Um, and to your right you can see the remainder of your party air through dear you see Kiva and Amity burst out of the door okay
3: are we fully down the rope and extricated now
1: you are. You're at the base now in the gardens.
2: Let's okay. crack on, then. Let's go.
1: And uh, Metron's already going to start running.
0: Wilson's going to look same. around and uh, and just like say, Victor, Victor.
3: I've got I'm him. here. Let's go.
0: All right. Be quiet.
3: Yeah. Ah, uh, Victor. How long does your spell last?
1: Just a minute. It's it's okay. about to go up.
3: Okay, Eärendil is going to pull him to the side of the house where there's a bit of mob, sort of where where he's got a bit of cover and cast regular invisibility on him. All right.
0: Let's also uh, before we forget, let's also retrieve the rope and grappling hook. <laughs> well,
1: you you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Is that going to be another distant hand?
0: Does it have to be distant this time?
1: It's just from the windowsill, isn't it? Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I would say you can do it with a normal mage hand.
0: Yeah. So,
1: uh... Retrieved. Okay, a few members of the mob spare you odd glances, but you watch as people begin to exit the manor. As you begin, are all of you fleeing together uh, away from the estate? Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Alright. Hell yeah. As, as they're leaving he, too, he'll pick up a rock and just throw it through one of the bottom floor windows. <laughs> right. Solidarity! It crashes ah! through, splintering the uh, glass into the inside of the mansion. And As it does, you hear cries echoing through it. Uh, you hear one man saying, We got him! We got the fuckers! And then from another side, you hear a shriek of fire! There's fire! My god, it's going to burn down! You see uh, large tongues of flame beginning to lick up from the eastern side of the building. Um, starting to curl as smoke billows up from the top of the mansion as the inferno begins to spread and spread across the old wooden beams of the neglected structure.
5: Who set this fire? What were they thinking?
2: I don't think there
1: was, love. And as you escape north onto the road, leaving the burning mansion and the screams of the Elder Vrlakovich is behind, that is where we will take our break.
0: Woo! Woo, boy! This is what, like, our second house on fire in less than 24 hours?
2: It is. It really is. I mean, if you count the other houses, too, it's probably like our fourth or fifth.
3: (sighs) We didn't burn Death House, that's something.
2: We should have. We (laughs) should have. Yeah.
0: I guess now we're going to have to, like, go and burn down um, Irina and Ismark's house, just to complete the set of Burgomaster's houses burning down.
2: Let's just burn down every every important location. Every building building that has a map gets Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Culminating and in Castle Ravenloft, of course. Yeah, exactly. Just practice for the, for the castle.
2: Demolitions
1: practice, yeah.
5: My players burn on the windmill. We can do it.
1: <laughs> My it's God, you pyromaniacs. So All right, well, as always, we will pick this back up after a 15-minute break. Thank you for watching, and we will see you back here soon.